Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. I wonder if this morning I ask you a question to, to sort of fill in the blanks, to complete the rest of this sentence. If I said to you, describe God, describe God. If I said, finish the sentence that says, God is a God of, I wonder what you'd say. I know for many of us this morning, some of us would say, well, He's a God of love. And others would say, well, He's a God of power. He's a God of of creation. He's the God who threw the stars into, into play. He's the God of transformation. He's the one who changed my life. Others would say, well, He's the God of healing. He, he healed me. He restored me. Others would say, that, well, He's the God of grace. He forgave me. I had such a messed up world. But God of grace. And we could go on and on and on. And all of those aspects of the, the nature and, and the character of God, they are true. But I think there's often uh, one of the aspects of God that we often leave out. And that's what I want to speak into your hearts this morning. And I believe this morning is going to be a word of, of, of encouragement for, for people this morning that, that may be in a place that is full of confusion or pain or, or you're not sure what's going on. Where is God? I know the Word of God is going to bring something to you this morning. But I know for all of us this morning that are on a journey of faith. This Word is a Word that we will need one day. So I'm praying at the very least, this is an investment in your journey as you keep on following the Lord with all of your hearts. You see, I think what we often forget is that our God is also the God of the unexpected. That there are times in our lives when, when things can happen that are totally, totally left field. And the reality is that when those times come, the, the unexpected moments that come, they can be times of confusion. They can be times of pain. They can be times of turmoil. They, they, they are times where we, we stop, we wonder what, what is going on? Where is God? And, and we're not comfortable in those times because the reality is that we in our Western world in particular, we're addicted to comfort. <laughs> Everything in our society is saying you need to get yourself to a place where, where you can be comfortable. But the reality is that if we stay in comfort too long, comfort is not only overrated, but it's dangerous. See, the truth is that if, if comfort is good for a, a season. It's good for a moment to rest and recuperate. But the whole purpose is then to get back up. And if we stay in a place of comfort too long, even physically, we start to go backwards. We move out of rest and recuperation. But if we stay comfortable too long, literally, our muscles start to atrophy. Literally, if we stay comfortable too long, our blood begins to thicken and we're at risk of clotting. If we stay comfortable too long, it actually has a negative effect on every organ of our body. Our muscles become weaker. Our heart becomes weaker. Everything starts to go backwards if we stay comfortable too long. Some of you have heard our story that Sally and I met while we were both nursing. That's a long story. But one of the things I remember when we were nurses was we had to make sure that every patient had some kind of exercise every day. Yeah. 
And part of that routine was we'd have to go and I remember working in some wards where people would just get, they're so comfortable just lying in bed and you'd have to come along every morning and in the afternoon say, come on now, it's time to get out of bed. And if you've ever been in hospital, you don't want to get out of bed. You're enjoying that rest, but you'd have to go and shake them and say, it's time to get out of bed. And then we'd sit them out of bed and then we'd come along and say, come on, Mrs. Jones, now we have to go for a walk. And Mrs. Jones didn't want to go for a walk, but you had to sort of shake them and get them out and help them out because if you left them comfortable too long, bad things started to happen. Do you know God looks at the church, God looks at you and I, and He rejoices over moments of comfort. He is the God of comfort, but there are times when God comes along and says, come on now, it's time to get out of bed. Come on now, it's time to get up and it's time to go on another walk. It's time to step out of the comfort zone. And that means stepping into the unexpected. And we've got to learn how to manage, how to go through that journey of discovering that God is the God of the unexpected. And I want us to look at the story of Elijah today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go uh, to the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 17 in just a moment. If you know the setting here, Elijah is one of the good guys. He's ministering during the reign of King Ahab. King Ahab was not one of the good guys. King Ahab, the Bible actually says this, he did more to arouse the anger of the Lord than all the kings of Israel before him. How many people know that's a big statement? God is saying of all of the kings who went wrong, Ahab was number one. But not only was Ahab someone who forsook the Lord, he was married to someone called Queen Jezebel. Who's heard of Jezebel? Jezebel was even more distant from God. It says that the queen was so far away from God, she promoted evil across the land. And so Elijah comes to King Ahab and says that there will be neither dew nor rain for the next few years except at my word. The man of God, the prophet of God came and brought a, a showdown to the king to say, hey, it's God that is in control and you're offending God. And so now there will be a drought across the land. Elijah then had to flee. The word of the God came to prophet and said, I want you to go and hide in the Kerith ravine east of Jordan. You'll drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you there with food. And if you know this story that Elijah did what God said, he went where the brook was so he had water supply when the land was going into drought and the ravens would come and they would bring him food. It says they brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. How many people know Uber is nothing new? <laughs> Home delivery. While he sat there by the brook, all of the supply of God. And I don't know about you, but if you think about that, I'm thinking at that stage, Elijah is probably thinking, it couldn't get much better than this. All of the land is starting to, to experience drought, but here I am in miracle provision of God. I've got everything that I need, and every morning and every night, the ravens, are, it can't get any better than this. And I'm thinking, he's probably rejoicing every day, thanking God for the blessing. I don't know if you've been there, but that's a great place to be. You know, you, you just, you just, you just, you, you've got your life in order. You're starting to, to worship God. You're getting involved and, and you start to see the blessing of God unfold. And it's a wonderful place to be in when you look around your life and realise God is so good. He's blessing me. And you sit back and think, it couldn't get any better. 
But then something terrible happens. <laughs> He's there in the blessing and the provision of God. And then we read in 1 Kings 17, verse 7, sometime later, everybody say sometime. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there'd been no rain in the land. Now, what stuns me about this is that God let the brook dry up. Elijah hadn't done anything wrong. Elijah hadn't walked out of the will of God. Elijah hadn't offended God in any way. He was doing what he was told to do in the place he'd been told to go. He'd been enjoying the blessing of God, enjoying the river of God. And then suddenly the brook dries up and we're confronted by the reality, God, let it dry up. I mean, if God can send the ravens with food every morning and every night, surely He could have sent just a little cloud. Surely He could have made sure that there was a little spring. But for some reason, God lets the brook, the provision, the tool of God's provision dry up. Do you know the truth is every one of us can experience the sometime later of God. One moment we're in the blessing of God, but then sometime later, maybe our job doesn't exist anymore. Maybe we get a diagnosis come from the doctor that we were never expecting. Maybe a relationship ends traumatically. Maybe there's a tragic accident, but suddenly somehow from left field, unexpected, unexplained, everything changes. And we know that in that moment, nothing is ever going to be the same again. And our human tendency wants to know why. We ask the question, God, why? Why has this happened to me? Why has this happened to my loved one? What did I do? God, what are you doing? And it's like heaven is silent. There was no, no tangible explanation for what happened to Elijah. And sometimes there will be no tangible explanation to why we are in the unexpected moments of God. So I want us to read on and what can we learn from this prophet Elijah? We're going to read from verse 8, 1 Kings 17. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. And so he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in the jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, oh, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in the jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that, that we may eat it and die. Now, just press pause for a moment. This, this was the first test of Elijah's faith in his unexpected moment. You see, right then, again, he was following the word of the Lord, but it didn't seem to make sense. He's, the word that he had from God was, I'll command a widow to supply food. And now he finds the widow, but she doesn't have the food. She has such a tiny amount. And right there, the word of the Lord is being tested in his heart. Had he heard wrong? Was this the wrong widow? Am I just going crazy? Can I encourage you this morning, when the Word of the Lord comes, don't be surprised if every circumstance around about it screams at you, this can't be the Word. We've got to understand the Word of the Lord doesn't have to align with the circumstances around us because the Word of the Lord is designed to change the circumstances around us. 
when we start to engage with it, when we don't allow doubt, when we don't allow intimidation and doubt and intimidation will always be in the circumference of what God is doing with the Word of God. But he held on to the Word of God and the story goes on. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. That's a word for someone this morning. Don't be afraid. Circumstances are against you. People are not necessarily with you. But the Word of the Lord to your heart this morning is don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small cake of bread for me for what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did. Everybody say, and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the women and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the Word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. I want you to know, you look at this story, we read it through very, very quickly, but we've got to understand this was number one. It was not an instant answer to prayer. There was a process that God was involved in. And that process meant that Elijah went from a place of isolation to a place of partnership and community. And he went from a a season of survival to a season of abundant provision that blessed everyone around about. Can I tell you, that's always the will of God for you and for me always the will of God, that we would never be in isolation, that we would never be struggling just to survive. That's not God's plan for His children. And so Elijah stepped into something larger because of this journey of dealing with the unexpected. So what do we learn from it very quickly this morning? The first thing is this, when you find yourself in the unexpected moments, number one is this, don't panic. I don't know if you've ever seen those old signs on the hotel walls. In case of fire. The old old signs used to say first, before they said break the glass, before anything, it was always, don't panic. It's it's rule number one. Don't panic. See, one of the marks of maturity for a believer, one of the things we learn as we go on our journey with God of faith is that no matter what's happening around about us, if we don't learn to rule our emotion, if we don't learn to rule our thought life, we'll never be able to discern what God is really doing. Sometimes our unrestrained emotional response merely clouds the voice of God. My wife and I, as many of you know, we faced an unexpected moment a number of years ago when our house was burnt to the ground and we lost everything. That's a big story behind that. But a couple of years later, we found ourselves living in a brand new home and it was a wonderful provision of God. And one of the great things about this new home was that it has a a sauna. (laughs) Don't tell me God doesn't like putting icing on cakes. One of the things I love is a sauna. And this new house has a a sauna. And I can remember after we'd been in the house just for a few months, I was downstairs late at night having a sauna. It's my chill out time. If you want me to be spiritual, it's where I experience the presence of God. (laughs) 
I'm having a late night sauna. It was just wonderful. But I, I hadn't remembered that, that when I open the door at the end of my sauna, I've got to make sure that the fan is on and the bathroom door is closed so all of the steam doesn't rush out. Well, I forgot. I was so chilled out. I just opened up the door and I was still lying there just in the presence of God, relaxing. And all of a sudden, the fire alarm went off. The steam went out and set off a fire alarm. But it's not just your average fire alarm. This is a, this is a, this is, a, it's every level of the house fire alarm and it's sirens going and it's lights flashing. And I went from a place of just absolute chilled out to a place of absolute panic. I couldn't believe what was going on. Sally is upstairs and the alarm goes off. Her first recollection is fire alarm, fire. And she just escaped the other fire just a year or so ago. So she doesn't know. She knows I'm downstairs in the sauna. She thinks maybe I'm being burnt to death down there. So she's having an emotional response. I'm having an emotional response. We're racing. I didn't, had no idea how to turn the alarm off. I mean, who sets an alarm system that ever thinks they're ever going to need it? <laughs> and so we're racing around the house and we end up meeting in the middle, sort of screaming at each other. Ah! Like, how do you turn it off? I don't know. And then we're just panicking and nothing is happening except it's all just getting worse. And then I had a thought, the only way I'll ever get this alarm off is if I just ring the builder. Thank God he answered the phone. 11 o'clock at night, I rang the phone. He could hear the thing going. I said, I don't know the number. How do I turn this alarm off? He said, I don't know. And then he said, I'll try this. Just go one, two, three, four, off. And it worked. Peace reigned. I learned a big lesson in that day. When everything seems to be going crazy, if you don't rein your emotion, if you don't control your thoughts, nothing's going to get better. What you need to do is just stop and breathe and call the builder. Can I say to you, as believers, when everything seems to be totally out of control and you don't know what's going on, rein in your spirit, rein in those emotions. Just stop and breathe and call the Creator. Can I tell you, He knows what's going on. Nothing's caught Him by surprise. Psalm 46 is a great psalm. It says this, verse one, God is our refuge and our strength an ever-present help in trouble. Can I tell you, if somebody says to you, listen, come to God, give your life to Jesus and you'll never have any trouble again. Can I encourage you, look them in the eye, slap them on the face and ask them, what Bible are they reading? Because the reality is the Bible never ever promises that we will not have trouble. In fact, it actually encourages us, it confirms to us, we will experience trouble. Are you feeling built up? There's trouble on the way. Whoever you are, whatever you're doing, there's trouble on the way. He's not a God who keeps us from trouble, but He's a God who will be with us in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with the surging, the Lord Almighty is with us. But then it goes on, verse 10, Psalm 46, and it says this, He, this God, the mighty God, He says this, Be still and know I am God. Even in the unexpected, be still. Rule your heart. Rule those thoughts. And here's a few things to remember. When next time you're in the unexpected of God, remember this, number one, God never, ever changes. Our circumstances change. 
The seasons of our lives change, but our God remains the same. He is a good God. He is a compassionate God. He never, ever changes. And when He says He will be with you, He is with you, whether you sense it, whether you see it, whether you can comprehend it or not. He never changes. When you're in the unexpected of God, remember this, that whatever it is that took you by surprise never took Him by surprise. He saw it coming. He allowed the brook to dry up. Elijah never saw it coming. He's thinking this couldn't get any better, but God allowed it. Can I say to you, remember that his plans are always good plans. They may involve suffering in the short term, but in the long term, it will always be for the building up. It will always be for the increase of your faith, never the decrease of your faith. And remember this, that every trial that comes, every expected moment, the trial is ultimately always about trust. The circumstances are just a vehicle so that you can develop faith and that God can know you will trust Him no matter what. You know, I said before, I said before that we're addicted to comfort, but can I also say we are addicted to control. We want to know what's going on. Do you know God, God doesn't have to explain Himself to anybody. (laughs) We want to know, God, what's going on? God, what am I supposed to do now? Give me the three steps. Tell me, I've got to know, I've got to be able to control all of this. And God is just silent. Have you ever noticed there are times when God is just silent? You're screaming at heaven, but heaven is like the door shut. He's not there. You're trying to connect, but there's no signal. There's nothing there. God doesn't have to explain Himself to us at all. All He asks is that we trust Him, even in the unexpected. Don't panic. (laughs) Number two, just wait for your word. Wait for your word. What I love about Elijah is that he was in this situation, life and death, but he, he, he didn't panic. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't try and fix things on his own. He didn't start digging in the sand. He didn't start yelling at heaven. He just waited for his word. See, verse 7 was really bad news. Verse 7 was the brook dried up, but how many people are grateful this morning that verse 7 is always followed by verse 8? Can I tell you, no matter what season you're going through, every season comes to an end. And whatever difficulty, whatever trial you may be in, there's always an outcome at the other end. And after verse 7 came verse 8. And verse 8 says, Go at once to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow there to supply you with food. The Word of the Lord came to the prophet. Can I tell you, your word from God is on its way. God has a way of bringing his word right when you need it most. Now, I chose my words very carefully there. I didn't say right when you want it most. (laughs) I said right when you need it most. 
You see, God will never, ever abandon you. He is faithful to the end. I said He never changes. Our circumstance change, but He never, ever changes. And the truth is right now, if you're in a place of the unexpected, if you're in a place of pain, if you're in a place of lack, if you're in a place of confusion, I can tell you on the authority of God's Word and God's character, your Word is on its way. There's a businessman here this morning. There's a businessman here this morning. You're being pressured to make a decision. There are voices in your world that are saying, you need to invest in this. You need to go for this. You've even been told there's a timeline. If you don't go for it now, you'll lose the opportunity. And the Word of the Lord to that business person this morning is this. Do not listen to the voice of man that is around about you and that is causing anxiety and causing confusion. You wait till the Word of the Lord comes. Wait till the Word of the Lord comes. Some of you might ask straight away this morning, how will I know that it's the Word of the Lord and not my own understanding and my own thinking? The Word of the Lord will always be accompanied by the peace of God. It may not make sense to the world. It may not make sense to people around about you. But when the Word of the Lord comes, it will bring peace. It will calm your spirit. You see, Psalm 48 says this, It's a great psalm. Again, read it in your own time. It says this, Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise in the city of our God, His holy mountain. The whole psalm then goes on to to praise the attributes of God. It says, Our God is beautiful. Our God is strong. Our God is almighty. He establishes the holy city. He defeats all of it. It goes on and on and talks about the greatness of God. And then in verse 14, Psalm 48, it says this, For this God is our God forever and ever. And then it says this, He will be our guide even to the end. Even to the end. Can I tell you, the God who calls you, the God who saves you, is the God who is with you now. And the God who will bring you to completion. Bible says what? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. A couple of years ago, Sally and I had the opportunity to go to Jerusalem. And we had such an awesome time. But I've got to tell you, if you've ever been there, it's an overwhelming place. Such a, a different culture. Such a, such a dense mix of so many different experiences. And you need a good guide if you're in a place like that. You don't want to end up in the wrong place if you're going through the alleys of Jerusalem. And I can remember one day we were, we were in a group traveling through. We went through all the marketplaces and it was busy and it was crowded. And our guide brought us to where we were going to have lunch. And he showed us this square and said, look, you can get it from over there. You can get something from over there. And then he said, look, I'm just going to go and do something, but I'll be back. You just go and grab something and just wait here. I'll be back. Well, we did exactly what he said. He disappeared and we went over and it was just bedlam in the crowds and all of that kind of stuff. And then we came back and, 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 and ate our food, a crowded courtyard all around about. And I'm thinking to myself, as the time went on, where's, where's our guide? Like, he, he said he'd be back, but, he, but he's not back. And I, I'm looking around the crowd and thinking, my God, if he doesn't come back, we're dead. We'll never find our way out of this place. I wouldn't have a clue where we were. And and as I started to think along this line more and more, like, where's he gone? Maybe it was all a trap. Maybe maybe he's lured us into this place and we're going to die. I don't know what it was. But thank God, after the appropriate time, out of the crowd comes our guide. 
You see, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a guide, you want the guide who's committed to you all of the way. He may disappear for a moment, but if he's a faithful guide or she's a faithful guide, she's gonna come back. He's gonna come back just as they promised and lead you out of that place. Well, can I tell you, if ever there's been a faithful guide, his name is Jesus. If ever there's been a faithful God, it's our God. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And again, you might be saying, God, I don't know what to do. All you need is one word. One word from the Holy Spirit and everything changes. I don't know whether your word will be a, a word of assurance Maybe that word will just be a word of peace that says, it's okay, I'm with you. Maybe it will be a word of direction. Maybe it will be a very clear thing. You need to do this and you need to do that. And then God's gonna work a miracle. I don't know what your word will be, but I do know the God who is faithful. And I do know the God that when He brings that word to your heart, everything, everything in you and around you will begin to change. I wanna invite the musicians to come if you would. Final thing about moving through these unexpected moments of God is that we've got to understand that breakthrough will always take two things. It will take relationship and faith. I love the fact that God said to Elijah, hey, you need to move out of here. Go over there and I'm going to connect you. I'm going to sovereignly, supernaturally, miraculously connect you to someone that's going to partner with you to give you breakthrough. Can I tell you, that's what the local church is all about. It's not just our relationship with God. It's not just to be able to hear from God and to know that He's real, but to, to understand that He's placed people all around about us. And the people around about us, the local church, they are just as much of the miracle provision of God as any other means that He can bring. Elijah had to go and connect with someone. And isn't it interesting that she would have seemed the most least likely at the time but she was still the one that God had chosen. You know, sometimes the ones that God gives to us seem to be the most least likely. But if God's behind it, I want to tell you, 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 you don't have to just look up. You've just got to look around. So often we just look up, we cry out to God and God is saying, hey, I'm faithful and I'm with you, but open your eyes, look around about you. And the beautiful thing about a place like this, the, the church that Pastor Richard and Helen are building, is this is a place just like that, where right now you are surrounded by people. God's gift to you is the people in the local church. The devil wants to isolate you. The Bible says whoever isolates himself rages against all wisdom. And if you're sitting here and you're saying, nobody knows what I'm going through, I'm so isolated. You need to start to connect. You need to let somebody know in this place, which is a safe place, hey, I'm going through it. Would you pray for me? Would you help me? Would you just be with me in this thing? Because that's the role of the local church. But I want to encourage you, no matter, no matter what revelation you're getting from the Holy Spirit, no matter what encouragement, no matter what partnership you're receiving from people around about you, every breakthrough will also demand a step of faith. Elijah's faith was leave where you are. And even though she looked so unlikely, this is the one that I've chosen. Even though it looked like there was no supply, still 
this was what was required. The woman, God had already spoken to her, but she needed someone to come and confirm the Word of God. There was faith that was being activated on both sides of the miracle. And I don't know what your step of faith will be, but I do know this, the Bible tells us so clearly, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith that is just locked in the heart, faith that is just locked in a song, faith that is just locked in a prayer, faith needs to be acted. And I don't know what your step of faith will be, but I know this, God is faithful enough to make sure that you will know. There's never any confusion when God speaks. You know exactly what you need to do. And the beautiful thing is, as soon as you do, as soon as you take that step of faith that God is asking for you, it's gonna release supernatural provision. And you'll just like Elijah discover, you don't have to live in isolation. We don't have to struggle through times on our own. God is with us. His people are all around about us. And when we trust Him, His provision begins to flow. And it's a level of provision that it'll just blow your mind. It's a provision of grace. It's a provision of, of whatever our needs may be and more flowing back into our lives. God is a good God, a good God. And the plans He has for every single one of us, they are good, good plans. Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.